Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling. And yes, I am back in the desert. And you know what? It's happened. It has happened. Today, in fact. Officially the first day since about April that I've put on a pair of socks. <laughs> now, obviously, going out hiking and the like, socks are in order. But usually, even into December, I'm a flip-flops kind of girl around the house. But today, sitting at my desk, working away, I thought, oh, do you know what? Nippy toes. So yeah, the day has come. Socks are now in session and probably they'll be around till about February. It's not bad though, hey, is it? I flew home on Monday night after a glorious week in New York City. And you know, I knew that I really, really missed people from home. I mean, family, of course, but old friends and colleagues too. But I just didn't realise quite how much I've missed hanging out with people who know me, know my history, know my sense of humour from the outset. And, you know, I love meeting new people. There is nothing more delightful to me than a room full of strangers. I thrive off making new friends and learning about new ways of life and experiences. I really do. But it is quite tiring (laughs) to keep introducing yourself, to keep starting fresh. And thanks to bloody COVID, of course, even the friends I've been able to make here in Phoenix don't know me as well as they might have. Had we been able to hang out just a bit more, nor I them, of course. Being able to slip into easy conversations with old friends, sharing in-jokes, reminiscing about times we've had together. Oh, it was just the salve my soul really needed. I don't really know how I've managed to go for so long without it. And I really hope it's not another three years until I can do it again. New York was, as ever, exhilarating and exhausting in equal measure. My average daily step count went through the roof, but then, to be fair, so did my average daily calorie intake. Oh, bagels. Meeting up with friends from England, walking around some of the bigger tourist destinations. I had moments where I totally forgot I wouldn't be heading back to England with them. I saw a nice coat, for example, for one of the girls in a shop. Oh, what a shame, I said to my friend. I'll never get that in my case. Don't they have that shop in Phoenix? My friend asked. Oh, oh yeah, they do, (laughs) I replied. A few days later, I pressed the wrong button on an ATM or cash machine and I took out $200 instead of 20. Oh no, I thought, how am I going to spend all that before I go home tomorrow? It genuinely took a while for my brain to catch up. No visit to New York City before Christmas is really complete without a gawp at the Christmas tree at the Rockefeller Centre. The Rockefeller Centre, or Rock as it's locally known, is a collection of huge Art Deco buildings commissioned by the Rockefeller family, nestled between 48th and 50th Street, between 5th and 6th Avenues. There are 19 buildings in all, featuring Radio City Music Hall, the NBC Studios and a bunch of other commercial and media businesses, huge underground concourse as well. There's a skating rink at Christmas and a rooftop observation deck, well known as the Top of the Rock. 
Nearly 60,000 people helped construct the buildings in the 1930s. And remember that very famous photograph of the construction workers eating their lunch on a steel girder high above the New York City streets? Well, those construction workers were some of the workers who were building the Rockefeller Centre. The real centre point of the complex is the huge skyscraper at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, or 30 Rock as it's well known, of course. And it's in front of this building you will see the enormous Christmas tree every single year. This year, the tree is a 79 feet tall Norway spruce, 46 feet wide, and it weighs 12 tonnes. It is a beauty, though. There are 50,000 lights on it, stretching more than five miles. The tree was first put up in 1931 by the workers on the site. The construction of the Rockefeller Centre was one of the few building projects going on in New York at the time, as the states, of course, were in the grip of the Great Depression, and the workers were really thankful to have employment, so put the tree up as a symbol of gratitude and hope and decorated it with paper garlands made by their families. On Christmas Eve in 1931, the men lined up underneath the tree to collect their wages just in time for the holidays. And so the tradition began. Just across the road from the Rockefeller Centre is St Patrick's Cathedral, a place I hadn't visited for about five, six years. Now, despite the fact the cathedral's right on Fifth Avenue, surrounded by the chaos of midtown Manhattan, traffic and shoppers... Once you walk inside, it is a refuge of peace and quiet. It's a really beautiful building and still a practising cathedral. My friend Christina and I arrived just as one of the seven daily mass services was coming to a close. The cathedral was put up in the 1850s, pausing for the Civil War and then finally finished in 1878, with various additions and renovations taking place ever since. There are dozens of spectacular stained glass windows along the 300-foot length of the main building. 19 bells in the two huge towers which flank the main front door. And whether you're someone who has faith or not, it's really worth seeing such an iconic building. We lit a candle for Christina's late mum, who'd been raised a Catholic despite going on to marry a Church of England vicar. And we watched the long line of New Yorkers queuing up to give confession on their lunch break. It was quite the crowd. From one man's church to another, we then visited Bloomingdale's, one of New York's most famous department stores. I'm sure you've seen the very famous brown paper carrier bags that the store gives out, emblazoned with the logo, small, medium or large brown bag. Now, of course, it's a design classic. Bloomies has been around in New York nearly as long as St. Patrick's Cathedral, opening up on Lexington Avenue in 1861. I wanted to visit the Christmas store as I had high hopes of snaffling a Bloomingdale snow globe to replace the one a friend had bought me years ago that had given up the ghost. I wasn't in luck for that, but not only did I see a Christmas tree bauble in the shape of a cactus, love it, Christmassy desert vibes, but I saw something I had not seen for years. A box of Christmas crackers. Yes, with rubbish paper hats and terrible jokes and miniature screwdriver kit slash plastic tat nestling inside. I was immediately filled with Christmas spirit. Why said crackers were in store? Who knows? I haven't seen them once since moving here. And I had to stop myself from buying more than one box. I am genuinely excited to get pulling on Christmas Day, I can tell you.
Why don't Americans use crackers? Well, asking around, I got the following answers. America is a country filled with people from many different ethnic and cultural backgrounds, so they bring with them their own traditions. And, you know, I get that. I looked into it and Christmas crackers only really became mainstream in Britain in the 1840s and America had understandably already established a lot of its own traditions by then. Another answer, (laughs) slightly less helpful. Why would anyone over the age of 10 years wear a paper hat to eat a meal? (laughs) Bar humbug, I say to that one. So now, yep back in the desert, with our crackers and cactus bauble and gravy granules, Paxo stuffing and Quality Street kindly donated by friends, we're quietly getting ready for Christmas as a family of four. Honestly, it's not the Christmas we'd hoped to have. My dad simply isn't well enough to get on a plane right now, and we're not able to travel to him, so he faces another Christmas on his own, as does my mum, alone in Western Australia, Now, WA has announced it's going to open its borders in February 2022. And if nothing changes, well, we'll have to see how things stand by then. But there is a little light on the horizon, isn't there? My in-laws aren't comfortable with international travel right now, and I totally understand that. But it's really hard seeing other families getting together and to see British friends here excited to make the journey home. But I'm thankful we do have each other. As well, of course, as our two mad dogs, two cats, so many fish. And let's not forget that bearded dragon. We're all right, really. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 